Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. And welcome to the only multicultural podcast with Brains and Bars. Uh, last week, it was a black, white, and Hispanic thing. This, white, this week, it is a black, white, and Asian thing. I am your host, uh, A1. I also got my government name. As you can see on the screen, I'm pretty sure if you're watching this online, Carlos Johnson, but I go by A1. You can also call me Dan. You can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to soundcloud.com backslash brains and bars or going to the podcast app of your choice and searching brains and bars. You'll be able to find um, every episode of the podcast there. Recently launched a YouTube page. So if you want to go to YouTube, search brains and bars. By the way, that's all one word, brains and bars. Um, you'll see two episodes of the podcast that have been loaded online. We'll work on getting all the rest of the 60-something plus episodes uploaded at some point in the future. Um, but please go to youtube.com, search Brains and Bars, like, subscribe, and comment on the content there. Uh, social media, again, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, search at Brains and Bars. You'll find us there as well. Um, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, A-Ward, uh, Mr. KOTD Battle of the Year. In introduce me the right way today. <laughs> <laughs> no, Battle no. of the Year, comma. <laughs> Christian. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yo, but uh, yeah. how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, man. Doing wonderful. It's been a good, um, good week, man. I don't know about you, but with this whole quarantine thing, Part of me says, man, like, I feel like I've been inside for a while, but the other part of me working from home, like, the weeks are actually kind of going by kind of quick. Like, I just look up, and the next thing I know, it's Thursday or Friday. So, it's a weird, weird dynamic to the whole working from home. Like, weeks don't seem like, dang, it's, just, it's only Tuesday anymore, you know? Um, but, no, nah, I've been good, bro. I've been good, doing well. A lot going on here. Uh, Y'all can follow me at imaward.com. Just hit the website, click the social media hyperlinks, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Um but yeah, man, just um, doing well, staying healthy. Family's good, life's good, and cannot wait until some kind of competitive sports something is back on TV. <laughs> All right, you know the draft teased us. <laughs> then this, the the you know the the last the last dance is is is. I'm enjoying it every Sunday, but gosh, I need I need basketball. I need football. I need something. I hear you. I hear you. All right. So, uh, and the third member of the squad for this uh, podcast, the homie Jesse Abbey. I think this is your third time on the show. I think I remember you recording yeah. once at Trent's house, once in the studio on Tower One, and then this is your third appearance. So, Jesse Abbey, sir, how are you doing this evening? Can't complain, man. Doing well. Doing well. Just trying to uh, keep it moving with the family. I mean, stay healthy. You know, it's crazy with uh, with allergy season being the same time as all this stuff because – you got people looking crazy. You know, I'm one of them allergy people. So, you, know, you sneeze or cough, people look at you weird. So. But, yeah, no, man. man doing I well. held a sneeze in at the Dollar Tree earlier today, man. I was just like in line. I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to sneeze so bad. And I did not want to quit it. Uh, that's crazy, funny. Crazy. And, you know, with Jesse's background, um, it forced us to all go put on college our college team gear. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. trying to stunt on us with his uh, Michigan-themed room. Yeah, man. Um, I got to you know. get on that level. I got to get on that level. 
Next yeah. time we do this, look, I I have not fixed the closet in my house, the bathroom, the main bedroom. I've been renovating all three of those. Next week when we film, I'm gonna have this whole room painted and everything done. It's gonna be completely <laughs> <Thank> over. <you. laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, all right, cool. So, if you've been following the show any length of time, um, you know what happens next. Um, if you're a first-time listener or watcher, welcome. We're, we're glad to have you. Um, but we start off each episode by going into what I've learned for this week, and I've learned what I learned a couple of things, but one main thing. So, you know, two things. If you didn't know, by the way, A Ward won KLTD Battle of the Year. Thought I'd express that one more time. Shout out to him. Congrats, um, congrats. And but you know we've been talking battle rap. I'm in various different groups, group chats that talk a lot of different things. We're talking battle rap, and uh, we there was a conversation that came up yesterday about you know URL and um, just the business side of things. And we got into talking about their app. And so a new battle just got released on the app. Not that I'm trying to promote for them, but new battle got released on the app. B dot versus Nitty. It's it's racking up some considerable buzz, if particularly for B-Dot's rounds. People are saying B-Dot's rounds are crazy. I have the app. I have not watched it yet. Um, but one of the things that I've learned this week is that the app is one – this might be considered a hot take. First of all, I'm not a, I'm not a battle rap blogger. Let's go there. <laughs> I'm a fan who We're has an down. opinion on battle rap right now. Yeah. But – the URL app is one of the worst things to happen to battle rap. And the reason I say that is because um, it's stuck in a, like the URL app only has, but so many subscribers. So it's not like Netflix, right? Not, not like it's a worldwide thing where you have hundreds of millions of people who are tuned into it. Uh, when a fire battle drops on the app, you have the same about 30 to 40 people, at least on my timeline, right? That I can see. You see the same people talk about it, the same people blog about it. It's not, to me, from a business standpoint, it does not enhance URL business, it does not make them better. Um, Mike P, second round versus Danny, is something that should be seen by the world. It's an incredible round. It's a fire round, three minutes of greatly crafted material, and it's, it's on the app. No screenshots, no... No, no screen capturing allowed, or at least I've seen a few here and there, but nothing of major effect. That's a viral round. And in comparison, I'm gonna make a comparison here. Uh, Big K versus Adi Boom, right? That round from Big K has gone everywhere. In this, we're in the CHH business chat. Um, this is these are not hardcore battle fans. They're more casual, some more hardcore than others. A casual fan posted that round from World Star into the chat to say, yo, check this out. Like, this is crazy. And I mean, like, again, I understand why URL did it. I salute them. It is a, it's a dope move, but they've got to figure out a way to make that content more accessible to outside fans. If it, to me, in order to grow the app and make it more to expand their reach. That's my opinion. Like I said, I'm not a blogger. I'm not a fan. Don't jump in my mentions talking about you can't copy respect. <laughs> and it's just like this, that. Take it or leave. But that's what I learned this week. Um, all right. So y'all can hit me up. Like I said, y'all can hit me up. But don't refer to me as a blogger. Hit me up. Let me know what y'all think about that. You're officially a blogger. Just no, now. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Man, listen, I have no time. It's enough weirdos <laughs> and battle. It's enough weirdos and battle rap that I, that I block off GP at least <laughs> once a week. 
Um, but I do not want to be in that loop. Not that the no world word. is weirdo. Because I'm slipping this down and I'm sharing that much. <laughs> With the title, is the, is the app the worst thing to happen to Battle Rap? Yo, listen, listen. Let me be clear. Bloggers are not weirdos. I'm speaking on social media. It's enough yeah. Battle Rap fans who are weirdos that I don't want them in my mentions. But anyway. Um, you, mean, you mean like that that dude that A Ward was going back and forth with yesterday? <laughs> hey, listen, I'm gonna hey. stay away from that. I'm gonna. I got I got time today, man. This quarantine, <laughs> you, you just be sitting at home and it's just like, oh man. The next thing you know, it's lunchtime. You're like, oh, that's what I did all morning. Let me chill. A Ward, what are you looking forward to this week? What am I looking forward to this week? Um. Man, I am looking forward to a new, well, I guess, I can't say this week. I'm looking forward to a new month, uh, March and April. <laughs> like, like we made it, you know, like I'm in May now. Like, well, like hopefully this is, you know, the, the end of the third quarter. The, we're, we're in the fourth quarter of something of whatever this is, you know. Um, so I'm looking forward to good weather. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, being outside, um, continuing trying to create content. The one thing I don't know if I said this on the last episode, but the one thing I've noticed so so far from this quarantine as an artist is just how terrible of an artist I am. Like all of my revenue and everything comes from like doing shows and being out and traveling and like merch and selling different things. And then you go and you get stuck at home and you can't leave your house. And it's like, man, my YouTube should be monetized. I should have things on Spotify, Apple Music. I should have, you know, ad. I should I should be getting some kind of revenue as an artist to where if something happens and I have to stay in the house for six to eight weeks, you know, um, that I'm not taking that much of a hit. So, um, but yeah, man, that's what I'm looking forward to. Of course, still paying close attention to a lot of the NFL news. Uh, Leonard Fournette, they decided not to pick up his fifth-year option today. The Jaguars did. Um, you know, Corey Davis got cut by the titans i think you know just yeah um or or maybe they just maybe they just they declined to pick up his fifth year option too i don't know if they cut him but um uh nfl news and then you know we touched on off air you know i've been really just engaged in like high school football recruiting right now because it's the only thing i can really get excited about because it's like actually happening in real time you know what i mean so (laughs) that's one thing that i always follow closely so i've been like super in tune with that through social media and um, some of the, the recruiting things and battles and stuff that are going on. So excited for some more of that, man. And then hopefully one day somebody says, hey, something happened and uh, we're good. And everybody wash your hands, brush your teeth, smile, and, you know, go watch football again. Yeah, hopefully, man, hopefully. So as a as a FYI, Corey Davis, fifth-year option, decline, still a Titan. Okay, still a Titan, okay. Still a Titan, yep. All right, cool. So um, let us know. Hit us up, man. Like I said, go to our social media, at Brains and Bars, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, let us know what you learned this week. Also, shout out to our Facebook group. We are over 1,000 followers. So nice. we appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump into today's show, man. We got, a, just like I said, a couple of topics, not a whole lot to talk about. But let's get into the NFL draft first. Um, you know, interesting having a a quarantine draft right with everyone mm-hmm. from work not being drafted from home um general managers at home i mean just your guys overall thoughts and then i got a couple of, of topics we can hit in particular overall thoughts on the on the setup of the draft um any surprising picks teams that you might like any of that good stuff 
I'll let you go ahead, Jesse. All right. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I really liked it, man, and I kind of hope they step forward with it like that because it was. I felt like it was genuine. Like, you know, you get to see people at home with the, the people they love instead of being surrounded at the table with, the, you know, people they couldn't care less about or people they had to sit there with. And, you know, and I felt like the celebrations were just real. And so that was kind of cool to watch that, you know, from that perspective where they could have their whole family there as opposed to just like, you know, three, four people from their family. Um, right. So I, I liked it. Um, I'm going to let you, Carlos, take care of the other thing me and you talked about yesterday as far as the commissioner. But <laughs> um, some surprising picks, man. I'm going to I'm, I'm obviously a Detroit person, so I was surprised at how well they actually drafted smart. I mean, I, I felt like they finally didn't outthink themselves and try to do – the uh the patriot way so to speak which is driving me crazy because you know everything they do seems to have to go through bill belichick first i don't know why (laughs) we're terrible and we don't need to do that we just need to get talent and i felt like this year they finally actually got talent but even further than that i felt like most teams you know most teams did a pretty dang good job of just making the right pick Mm -hmm. you know they didn't overthink it because every year unless you're the raiders of course (laughs) <laughs> I still don't understand that <laughs> that that first round pick. I, I I'll yeah, never yeah. get that, but they do it every year or every couple years. They want to pick the guy that can run the fastest, but then they realize they don't have the quarterback that can throw the guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just you know it's a strange situation with them. Um, obviously, the the Green Bay Packers pick. Um, mm. You know, I guess it's kind of yeah. shocking, but is it really? I mean, you know, it, they're not having him. They're not going to expect him to play like right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. but. You know, if you're if you're Rogers, you really can you really be mad because it's the same exact thing that happened. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna answer that question in a second. Be mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and then my last thing with the Chiefs, uh, you know, a lot of people were dumbfounded. I guess you know, a lot of people were happy, but there was a lot of people that questioned the running back thing. And and I mean, I like it. I mean, I don't think you can ever. You know, it's not in 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 this day. I think you need to have multiple running backs. And especially a running back like that that completely fits the system. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all they're one one running, you know, one injury away from being down to nothing, you know. And yeah. so to have multiple people, and then by the time the playoffs come around, you know, you're not worn down, you know, you're not, um, um, you know, eight thousand carries into the season, and then you can't perform in the playoffs. So yeah. they're going to be fully fresh by the time that comes around. So you know, I thought it was good though. Yeah, I um, yeah, to piggyback off that, no, I really enjoyed watching um, players get you know picked from their houses, and I I thought the transitions of you know, um, of going to you know the players, I I thought the the whole everybody having a earbud in each other's ear thing was kind of annoying. It seemed like all the interviews they did, like you had to have like you know like you're, you're kind of like doing <laughs> like this, so you know of course they could clean up a few different things in regards to that, um. I do know that, you know, like they had mentioned that, that, that they sent, you know, a hat for every team to each of the players house, I'm assuming, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I thought that was, thought that was pretty cool. Um, I do like the element of, you know, being at the table with your coach, you know, that's been with you for the last four years and, you know, um, I do like the idea of, you know, this, this, the hugs and seeing, you know, your mom all dressed up and faint. I, I kind of like that, you know, I know it, it, it does give it like that. Uh, it kind of like we're going to prom, you know, it's like the, you know, that factor or whatever. I don't, I don't dislike that at all. I, I like it. I like seeing the guys open their suits with all of their, you know, stuff on the insides of it and seeing how they dress. And I think it gives them character. And it also is like, it's just an, a reward. 
You know, it's, it's just like when you win the Heisman Trophy and you're invited to the Heisman Trophy ceremony, you know, and you get to dress up and you get to sit there. You know, it's kind of like an accumulation of, you know, four years of college getting invited to a combine, getting invited to, you know, uh, if you're a first or second round pick to the actual draft is like a, a reward. So I don't know how they would use both of those. I don't know. Um, I don't know how if they could in the future, but um, I definitely saw things from both that I liked. Mm-hmm. As far as picks are concerned, um, <clears throat> there's a few picks that I, um, that I'm the same one. I'm the same with you. You know, I, uh, the quarterback pick from Green Bay, was uh it was just a total like like what like you know what I mean like it just I mean Green Bay as much as Aaron Jones came on last year like Green Bay does not have offensive weapons like they just don't like I don't even think Aaron Jones would be considered a weapon like I think Aaron Jones benefits um from like some play calling and just different types of things, you know, I mean, I think he's a very quality back, but I don't, I don't consider him like somebody that you game that you, that you, um, what's the word for it? That you game plan game plan for, for Aaron Jones. Um, so I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, green Bay picking, picking a quarterback like that, that high with, you know, I mean, they haven't had any, like since Jordy and, and, um, and Adams and I guess Cobb were all kind of like, I guess the Adams would have been a rookie and Jordy and Cobb would have been, you know, kind of prime ish, you know, they really haven't had anything running like a well-oiled machine. And I think there was tons of like wide receivers in different positions oh, that, they, yeah. that they, that they could have, you know, went at. So that was definitely a shock. Um, a pick that I really liked was I liked Jalen Hurts to the Eagles. Um, I thought that was a really good pick, man. And I would not be surprised if, you know, uh, Matt Stafford's uh, uh, protege, Carson Wentz, the other guy that gets hurt every seventh, you know, seventh game, (laughs) you know, um, I would not be surprised if Hurts was, you know, thrown into action (laughs) um, by, not by choice, but, you know, um, so I think him, I think he'll fit really good with the Eagles. Um. Some other picks that I was uh, that I that I really liked. I mean, uh, I don't think anybody goes wrong picking C.D. Lamb or or uh, or Jerry Judy. I thought both of those. I thought they were the two best wide receivers in the draft. Um, I thought the Vikings getting Justin Jeff. I thought the Vikings drafted very well. I thought they got Justin Jefferson was a great pick um, to to put in there since Stephon Diggs left, and um, <clears throat> the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I thought, did okay. Like, I like their first pick, and I really like uh, their second-round pick, um, Willie Gay Gay Jr. My goodness. Um, I think that dude has the ability to be a stud, and um, I think he's going to be – like, there's always that one pick each year, you know, that that they have um, where you're just like, okay, that was kind of like a – even Tyreek Hill, you know, when he came came on from being – what, he's a second- or third-round pick. I mean, Kareem Hunt, too, you know. Um, so I think that Willie Gay Jr. has the ability to be that. Um, hey, real quick. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts? You say C.D. Lamb. I'm not saying he's not going to be a great receiver or anything like that. But what what Oklahoma receivers have, and, and maybe it's just skipping my brain, because I feel like they've always, you know, have receivers that put up crazy numbers because of the system. But what mm-hmm. do they do in the pros? I can't remember. And it's probably someone so obvious that I'm, it's just skipping my brain. But yeah. I don't think it's anybody – too too obvious i mean uh because the kid and you have to ask yourself is dd westbrook the real deal but he has look who he has throwing him the ball you know down in jacksonville 
Um, I mean, Kenny Stills is the only one that comes yeah. off top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, He's only okay. I mean, you yeah. Hollywood Brown show potential. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. I mean, you, you know, like I, I, I know exactly what you mean in regards to that. And and you could say the same for Michigan State wide receivers picked in the first round, you know, for Detroit Lions fans, you know. Charles <laughs> Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I'm with you on that. Uh, but I just uh, seeing his seeing his tape and just seeing kind of like what he did at the combine mm-hmm. and stuff. I just feel like I thought I thought the same that you thought with the Raiders. Like Rugs was not 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 the guy that you know, but. Like, I want to always tell you, it's a copycat league. And, you know, the the mm. Broncos and the Raiders, you could see them both drafting their hearts out to try to keep up with the offensive yeah. power that the Kansas City Chiefs have. So, Didn't the Broncos um, get three receivers? Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I think they did man. Yeah, that ain't weird, man. Like, <laughs> like them in the second – they got the kid uh, Bowden from uh, – Missouri? Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Lynn Bowden. Um, Hey, I like Lynn Bowden. He's a football player, but we'll, I mean, you know, I like Lynn Bowden. I don't know too. if he'll be a great NFL player, but he's he's a definitely a but he's definitely a football player's player. But like they went straight from Lynn Bowden, and then hold on, let me let me pull it up here because I'm really close to the. Wasn't players. it back to back picks? Did they got it the Arizona back State back to back picks? They yeah, they the did. Arizona State they, like early, like they got three of them bad boys pretty early. It seemed like yeah. so. Ah, dang, I thought I was there. Did I pass Oakland? I know I saw Vegas Vegas now. I'm looking for Oakland. That's why I can't find Oh, that's right. I know I saw a tweet that said reunited and it had Drew Locke and his receiver from Missouri, and I was just like, you know what? Like, Drew Locke and his receiver from Missouri being reunited is not really anything (laughs) tweet-worthy. We're not talking about, you know, like uh, Johnny Manziel and and Mike Evans or something, you know, like some crazy one-two connection, you know, where they're – or something like that from college. Their first four – in their first four picks, right, three wide receivers are taken, Henry Ruggs, Lynn Bowden Jr., and then with the very next pick, they went and got Brian Edwards from South Carolina. Now – I heard good things about Brian Edwards in South Carolina, but I'm not – I mean, maybe they were just that devoid of good wide receiver talent that they felt like they had to go get three of them things um, in, with four, in their first four picks. But we'll see. Because the odds of you hitting on each one of those are what? Slim. 25%? 20, <laughs> yeah. like, that's what I'm saying. Like, so if, if you hit on one of them, cool. But if you if you only hit on one and you want it to be your first round pick because of what you invested in terms of right. what you drafted in, like what else, if those other two guys don't don't pan out, then what did you? That's a waste. That's a waste of a first half of the draft. Yeah, that's a I'm terrible. I'm taking those three guys that high, so I don't. Yeah, yeah. The the between Oakland drafting three wide receivers and drafting every available Clemson player they could find, <laughs> like um, last year. <laughs> Like last year, you know. Yeah. So I mean, they got a linebacker from Clemson. They got a guard from Clemson to go with Cleveland Farrell and Hunter Renfro. So I think I've already seen somebody call them the Las Vegas Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, see, and that's the crazy thing. There's to go back to rugs real quick. There's dudes that are back in Alabama right now, getting ready probably for next year's draft that I think are better than him easily. Easily, I don't know, man. I think Ruggs is really good. I think Ruggs is really good. I don't know how great he'll be. Um, I don't know. If, I know they're trying to find like their Tyreek Hill, right? And I don't know if he's Tyreek Hill fast. Right. Um, I feel like Ty, I feel like 
Tyreek Hill has that quick burst. Quick, yeah. yeah. Whereas Ruggs is more so once he gets the top speed, if you haven't yeah. caught him, you're in trouble. But if you can get him before he hits top speed, I think you can still catch him. But, one, mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like Tyreek just kind of goes from zero to 100 in like 2.3 seconds where it might take Ruggs. It's a different like thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a completely different thing. I mean, you know, you being fast is not the same as being quick because you can make arguments that – uh, a lot of you know NFL guys, maybe not the fastest guys, but they're quick oh, yeah. off the line and they can get whatever they want. Whereas a guy that's really fast but not as quick, it's not hard to shut that down. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, couple of things I want to hit on the draft. I thought the the virtual draft was cool. Um, obviously, one of the highlights for me was my man Raj. Uh, Friday night. It's like 10.30. It's probably 10.30, 11, 11.30, going on midnight. He was just posted up. Hey, the boy Raj was done. My man was done. He was re- – like, like I, I at one point expected Raj to be in the chair with the cup, like <laughs> – <laughs> Like dipping some Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> like, he should have had some Oreos. Uh, with, the, with the 100th pick in the end of right. the round. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Oakland Raiders, like – my man was ready for a mm-hmm. nap. He was ready for bed. Mm-hmm. I do salute him and putting in all that work and standing up <laughs> for hours to announce those picks. Normally, I think he's done after the second round. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, salute to him. Salute to – Salute to him for forfeiting his money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I give – I mean, that 40-plus million, yeah. hey, salute. Salute. Like, I don't know if I would have gave it up. <laughs> but, hey, hey, do your Maybe thing. Maybe half. Um, Right. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I did not enjoy ESPN pulling out every uh, disturbing Ooh. fact about these Ooh. draft picks. You know, I mean. Yeah, that was brutal. The greatest day of his life. And also, his mother struggled with crack cocaine for 16 years. Like, come on, fam. Like, and I know, I figured it was, uh, was it T. Higgins, I think, who that particular factor or something similar to that was about. And he said, listen, I'm not ashamed of it. Um, you know, I'm proud of what my mom has overcome. And that's great. But I just don't want you announcing yeah. to the world right. like all my like, dirty if, if they didn't okay that with me ahead of time, like oh no, like that I would be a suit. Like that's <laughs> that's that's slander or, or libel or something. Like come on, man, you know what I mean? Like yes, yeah, like, yeah, like, don't put my business out in the streets. Yeah, don't put my business out in the streets. Um, so I mean, I thought I thought that was kind of a little bit distasteful. Uh, you know, it was cringy. I didn't need that. I hope they don't bring that back next year, regardless of if we have yeah. a, another virtual draft or if we're live and in person. Um, I, I don't know. If I, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt. I don't know if you like you like. I felt like they were reaching for content because I, I wonder if they were just so worried about this whole virtual thing that they were just like, you know what? We can't just have the camera on a guy talking right now, you know, whereas we normally would be going around the table. We have to, because it seemed like they were trying to find a backstory on everybody. They were just like, this kid's adopted. Mm-hmm. This kid lived in his car. This kid did, you know, this kid did. And it's like, man, like, okay, like, since when did this become a, you know, right. lifetime movie? Right, lifetime. <laughs> so I think, I think they were, I think they were searching for content, something to keep the time going. I feel like they spent too much time in between picks. Like, I felt like there was too much um, breakdown and stuff, too many interviews. Like, I felt, this draft, I thought the draft was moving in the first round and then turned around and looked, and it was 11.30 at night. And I'm yeah, just like, yeah. yo, like, this shouldn't take this long to get yeah. through 32 picks. So um, I would like to see them be a little bit more timely. Hopefully, Rod reclining back in that chair will, will <laughs> gave him some time to think 
and go, we need to somehow speed this process up. That's a fact. Um, in terms of teams, I thought that had a good draft. Um, the Ravens, like, like the Ra- I equate the Ravens to, and when you play fantasy football, and if you're in the league with guys and you're with them every year, it's the same group of guys, and there's always that one guy that always does a good job drafting every year. In our league, it's a guy named Storm. Storm is Thanks. Storm is a great. It seems like when you finish a draft, you're looking at Storm's team, you're going, "Dang, he did it again!" Yeah, like how? And I look at what they did: getting Patrick Queen, getting J.K. Dobbins. Um, getting Devin Duvernay from Texas, um, Malik here. Like, I just feel like I like their picks. I like a lot of what they did in the draft. Um, I like what the hey. Cowboys – yeah, 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 go ahead. So, Dobbins – oh, my God. In that backfield, with that offense? That oh, that's well, just like got, the Wild State right there. You got nice things to say about Dobbins? I know. I hate it, man. <laughs> I hate it. But I, when they drafted him, I was like, wow, that is yeah. like the perfect spot for him. I, I mean, mean, yeah. Perfect. Like, Ingram obviously did so well with Kamara with the one-two punch. Like, if you mm-hmm. throw Dobbins back there and still have Ingram. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like what the Cardinals did. Getting mm-hmm. Isaiah Simmons falling in your lap at number eight. Oh, yeah, Getting man. Josh Jones from Houston, who people thought was a first-round draft pick in the third round. So, I mean, I, I think there were a lot of teams that did some good things. I – I have been, you know, in Kansas City. Oh, hold on. Before I get to Kansas City, San Francisco, I really like what they did. I really yeah, like that. Goat-like seventh-round pick. Man. Oh, my oh, gosh. Go. <laughs> go. The goat. But they got, you know, they get their guy to replace Buckner um, in, in Ken Law. They go get the wide receiver that they want. Not the guy that I would have chosen, but I've heard good things about. But then getting the trade for Trent Williams and only giving up a third and a fifth-round pick when people yeah. thought – the speculation was that it was going to be a first-round pick um, that they were going to have to give up to get um, Trent Williams. He already knows the offense. He's familiar, comfortable with the offense, so there's not a huge learning curve there. I thought they had a really good draft. But then the Chiefs getting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was a guy, you know, hey, listen, Lostradamus strikes again. I said, hey, Chiefs fans, this might be a guy that your team might target and might go grab. And I said second round, but I did also say that he was rising up the draft board. So, you know, they get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And if you give me a second just to jump on my soapbox real quick. We have – I'm a nerd. I make no bones about this. I am I, I'm open and honest about my nerdness, <laughs> right? We have gone too far in devaluing running backs. I understand that, quote, unquote, you can get them anywhere. I understand there have been success stories with running backs. Me and Jesse – we're on the phone talking about this. Uh, not, it was yesterday, right? Yesterday. We're yeah, on the yesterday. phone talking about this. And, like, I understand that you can find them anywhere, but we spend far too much time hyping up the success stories and not talking about all those guys that get drafted in the second and third round that don't work out. And we just cherry pick, hey, Philip, uh, Philip for the Broncos. I can't, Philip Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay, yeah. Undrafted guy, Matt Breida, undrafted guy. We Damian Williams, he's contributing to a Super Bowl team. He was a either late round or undrafted guy to Miami. Like we spend so much time hyping up these stories and poo-pooing guys who get drafted top ten into the first round. Yes, I said poo-pooing. Um, we end up trashing these guys so much that we just overlook how good they are. And then if the team isn't successful, well, it's that running back's fault for not making that team great when. It's still a team sport. Like, you can't tell me football is the ultimate team sport and yet look at drafting Saquon Barkley in the second round as the reason why you're successful. 
The Giants are, aren't successful because they haven't done well in the draft and in free agency. Like, all of this stuff matters. All of this stuff matters. What so, I say? What I say about those dudes? I'll let you say it. I'm not going to say it. I'll say I said, oh, so I was talking to him. He was like, yeah, because I said, you must have watched that PFF uh, podcast or video thing that they were doing, right? And I said, yeah. those are the dudes that never had a touch from a woman and never played sports in their life. <laughs> making all these crazy comments. Ridiculous. You never hear people that play the sports say, talk like that, man. Right, right, <laughs> Listen, right. I didn't play football. <laughs> I never played football organized, but I'm not going to be – I'm not going to be as – as audacious to say that the Chiefs drafting who everyone thought was a perfect fit for them um, was a bad pick simply because they got him in the first round and not the right. third. You know, like I, I put on our Twitter account, you know, at Brains and Bars on Twitter, that if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ends up becoming Maurice Jones-Drew, right, mm-hmm. at best, if that's what he becomes at best and the Chiefs are able to make deep playoff runs, maybe get another Super Bowl appearance, like, if, that's great value, especially for four years and $10 million with an option to have him under your team control for a fifth season if you so choose. If Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't work out for you when you're drafting him at 32, I mean, basically, it's like having Damian Williams. Mm-hmm. It didn't – because Damian Williams has signed up for two years, $5 million, $2.5 million a year. Um, Clyde's contract is a four-year, $10 million with a fifth-year option. It's the same money. So what, so what is the big deal if this guy doesn't work out? Every pick is going to be successful based on their own talent, luck, the organization, and the team around them. Yeah. So whether or not a pick is, is successful is based on those things, not just whether or not they win the Super Bowl or how far they go, so on and so forth. So I, I don't know, man. I just You guys can tell me what you think. You know, Hit us up at Brains and Bars. What do you think about running backs and where they should be drafted? Let's not do this NFL draft a disservice and go around the horn per se and not discuss the reason why we were there, you know, on uh, Thursday night. Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, however you pronounce his name. Right. Tagovailoa. Violinist. All right. Tua Tagovailoa. All right. What I'm saying is, one, is Burrow the real deal? I think he's very, very good. But like you just said, it's about what team you go to. It's about, you know what I mean? Like, two, Tua. Does he come out? Does he start? Do you start him immediately? He's a top, what, five pick? Is he, was he yeah. pick fifth, I think, by the, the Dolphins? Or do you sit him behind, you know, Fitz Magic for a, a few games? Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the, on the two quarterbacks taken? And then also, what are your thoughts on Jake Fromm? Um, falling basically all the way to what fifth round came out early mm-hmm. for Georgia, mm-hmm. and and we're talking about Jake from the Jake from that Georgia decided to pick over Justin over. Fields, mm-hmm. over yeah. Justin Fields, and let Justin Fields. You know what I mean? Like so, so they took Jake from over Easton, right? Easton, yeah. Uh, and then Justin Fields ends up transferring because they're going to stick mm-hmm. with Jake from. Mm-hmm. So, so, so yeah. What are your thoughts on you know the quarterbacks that were taken? Um, the quarterbacks that slipped, fell, this quarterback class in general, you know? I, I, I'll be honest with you. I had seen it from a lot of Detroit people that wanted Detroit to take uh, Tua. Mm-hmm. And I would not have been upset about it, even at the worst, the worst part of it, you know, just to trade him, to get something, you know, 
back off of them for the teams that wanted them below them. Mm-hmm. But even still, I think, you know, if you look at a pro system, Alabama probably runs the closest thing to a pro system, right? Um, and, and, and you get a guy that's super accurate, um, good dude. He's not a head case. He doesn't, you know, seems to be loved by everyone. Yeah. And, and um, so you get to not, Miami. <laughs> let me just yeah, tell you, yeah, no, let me not, tell you it's not woo. Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Man. I know Man. you're from Hawaii, but I've been to Miami <laughs> a couple of times and it's not. <laughs> no, so I, I mean, I as a Detroit fan, I wish they would have took him, sat him for a year, and then and then you know see what whatever. But with uh, Burroughs, I don't know, man. Like he had a, I mean, arguably the greatest season, you know, by any quarterback. I mean, you could make that argument. But like you said, I mean, who are you throwing to down there, and who's your defense down there compared to who you going to in Cincinnati? That's terrible. Like, it, you're set up to fail right there because Cincinnati couldn't do anything even when they had a good roster. Um, you know, other yeah. than go out in the first round of the playoffs, you know, with, um, with uh, you know, the rest of the quarterbacks, I don't know. Like, Herbert, I don't – Yeah. To me, he's a eh, – you know, and, and I just – there was really nothing about anything, anyone but – Uh-oh. Yep, there went your audio. Hey, Jesse. <laughs> Hold on. Your audio went out. You still there? You might try to refresh it. All right, here we go. No, yeah, I just said, you know, one of those guys that's in the bottom of that, uh, you know, one of those quarterbacks that were below those two will end up being the stud out of this whole thing just because of the situation that they're put in compared to guys that are going to terrible teams. It almost always never works out for good quarterbacks to go to a terrible team you know, they always have to go somewhere else to be good, you know, so you get a kid. You know, I remember this one time a quarterback went to a terrible team. Here we go. Team. Here we go. <laughs> they, look, his rookie year, they went 3-13. and 13. Actually, he set the record for most interceptions thrown in, in, a, in, in a year. Oh, man. Wow. You know, some people are just not built to be, you know, True. goats, certified, legendary, franchise turning around, it didn't Saturday matter. Who lie. picked you? It, it didn't matter. This is the exception to everything A1 just said about picks and teams and everything. It did not matter. The goat of all goats. The Heisman Trophy runner-up, <laughs> Peyton Manning. <laughs> no, but, but see, that's the thing. Was Man, when I watched Joe Burrow, bro, <laughs> I tell you, man, the dude had weapons – but he yeah. put the ball on the money. <laughs> like like when, he, when he needed to make plays, he kept his head up when he was scrambling, and he put the ball on the money. And I was just like, golly, I can't, you know, I can't hate on this, you know. Yeah, so let me say this about first-round quarterbacks. So I did – I pulled, pulled some stats up on, on Twitter, and I'm doing this from the top of my head. So from 2008 to 2017 – um, 27 quarterbacks are drafted in those 10 years. Um, of that number, five of them, I believe, made the Super Bowl. Only two won a Super Bowl. That's Flacco and Mahomes. Um, there's only like five or six all-pro selections between them, right? Now, if you had that stat for any other position, you would be saying, it's overrated to draft X position in the first round and especially high. But because it's quarterbacks, you see people, the Packers, stupidly, in my opinion. Now, granted, Jordan Love might end up being a good, a really good football player. 
But to me, you're still chasing titles. You're still trying to win a title. So taking him in the first round is crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But Miami, I like Miami taking a risk. It is a risk to take Tua because you just don't know what type of quarterback you're going to be getting. Uh, And maybe I would not play Tua at all this year. Like I would sit him out, let him redshirt, let Fitzpatrick either be Fitzmagic or or Fitzdumpster Juice, whichever (laughs) one he's going to be. Let him be that guy. Um, Justin Herbert, um, this is me. This is speculating. Like, I'm not operating off of any numbers base. I feel like Justin Herbert is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo-ish, right? Where right now with Jimmy, if you give him – I mean, he's like Alex Smith Jr. You give Jimmy perfect conditions, Jimmy can make a play for you. Things start to get a little muddled, a little muddy. Jimmy's not the quarterback you want when things get, you know – when he can't get an open, a perfect window or someone's wide open. That's what I think of Justin Herbert. I agree with you on Burrow. Burrow had talent, but Burrow was throwing guys open. Burrow was throwing the ball in some tight windows. And so I'm interested to see once he gets to that next level. Um, oh, gosh, who's the former UC, UCLA head coach? Used to coach at Colorado, coached at Washington. compared Rick Neuheisel compared him to Tom Brady. I'll do that. I can't stand. Come that. on, man. I'm just—he did. He compared him to Tom Brady, and so. But I, I will say, Burrow has confidence. He's definitely got swag. I forget uh, who, uh, who was on. I think it was. Oh man, Fowler. Uh, Fowler was on, and I can't think of his first name. Please forgive me. From ESPN, Chris Fowler. Chris Fowler. Thank you. I was oh, going to call him Kirk. I was call him Kirk Fowler, and I knew that wasn't right, so I held back. But um, Chris Fowler was on, and he said, listen, the one thing I can say about Burrow is he is confident, borderline arrogant. Like, he's just really – he's he's really confident in his skills. And Sounds so like I, what you need in a quarterback. Yeah, I'm interested exactly. to see how that helps him in the next level, especially playing for Cincinnati, who I think had a good draft, right? They get T. Higgins in the second round. They got A.J. Smith – A.J. Smith. They have A.J. Green for one more year. Um, at least. So I'm interested to see what he can do uh, once, if we have football this year. Is there, is there more pressure for him being the hometown kid playing in the hometown state? I don't think so. I feel like he's too far away. Like he's like two, three hours away. Like if he grew up in Cincinnati, that's one thing. He didn't play for Ohio state, right? He left the state. Um, You know, so no, I don't think there's pressure because he's the number one pick. Right. I mean, I think okay. there's that pressure and that that's probably pressure enough right there. But he's playing for the Bengals. Like Have he didn't go to New England. He didn't go to like one of the glamour franchises. He didn't go to New York to play for the Giants <laughs> or the Raiders. Like he went to he went there. He went to Oakland. I mean, not Oakland. He went to Cincinnati. So Cincinnati, um, yeah. I don't think there's pressure on him to have to to be anything other than he is. Um, and the team isn't any good, right? So there's not like there's any pressure for him to take a team that just missed the playoffs, right? Or that was one piece away and make them something they're not. Right. So anything else you guys want to say about the draft? Yes, of course. Anytime I get to throw a petty shot at anybody, I make sure that I get it, you know, I get it in there. Uh, One player went undrafted and unsigned (laughs) as a free agent. (laughs) That was invited to the NFL Combine. 
and he was coached by the QB whisperer himself. <laughs> oh, hey, we can't be – we can't be – I'm so glad the Shea Patterson era is done. <laughs> not good. He was not good to me, man. He killed oh, me. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I saw a tweet from uh, – I can't – Jeff – it might have been Jeff Schwartz, who was Mitchell Schwartz's brother, former offensive lineman, leaving Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants. And he goes, this is the most beautiful pass, for, pa- most beautiful pocket I've ever seen in my life. And you see the pocket. Shane Patterson back there. The pocket yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. He has, they destroyed, like the interior lineman destroyed uh, the guys who were on the rush. He could have stood there for five, six, seven minutes before yeah. anything had, he had to do anything. He, he all off. of a sudden decides to break the pocket. Yeah, <laughs> he broke the pocket and ran into pressure. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, bro, what are you doing? Uh-huh. What are you doing? So, so why were Michigan fans wanting McCaffrey, you know, Dylan McCaffrey, the younger McCaffrey brother, or Joe Milton? God bless it. They can't be any worse. And I say that. <laughs> and I say that. Now, to, to what you were saying, um, I think uh, Michigan had four offensive linemen drafted. Nice. And so you got that, and you're and you're the quarterback that they're right. showing tapes. There's a reason why. I mean, there's a billion hours of tape on that guy, and he did that all the time. But the problem with that was he would. Oh, that's what happens when you start cussing on the show. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just, you know. I understand how you feel about Michigan football right now, and maybe it was necessary that it bleeped you out. <laughs> you back, Jesse? You good? Up, up, can you? No, I'm here. I don't know why I keep. <laughs> I, I know y'all said something smart, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So hit us up, man, at Brands and Bars on Twitter. Let us know what you think about the NFL draft. Who were your favorite? Jawan Jennings. That's uh, all you mention. need to so, know. Seventh round, the 49ers take Jawan Jennings, who I do like. Who a had a terrible dog. combine. Terrible combine. Terrible but, combine. But, uh, you know, hopefully he can – I think I saw – you might have liked the tweet, but it was from uh, David Lombardi. He's like – he took a screenshot, and he goes, this ended up being a touchdown. And it's like Jawan Jennings is surrounded by three South Carolina Gamecocks like 30 yards away from the end zone, and he just kept showing still shots yeah. of him just kind of breaking tackles as he made his way to the end zone. So Dog. I like Jawan Jennings. Listen, like, I, you know, I'm super, super Tennessee volunteer biased, you know, but like – there's also some players that you just know are going to be good. You know, like Eric Berry's instantly like my favorite players, first round draft pick and stuff like that. But then, I mean, you know, as you watch Michigan and as you watch Notre Dame, there's just guys that like that you just root for to please, like please just make a team. And right. you know what I mean? And like right. that is the that is like the kind of the kind of like situation with him being drafted in the seventh round and stuff. I'm just like, man, please just you know find some way to make this squad. If you got to be on the special teams for a while or whatever, like, I just want him to, you know, I want him to be successful because that dude is like Tennessee Vol through and through. And the Tennessee Volunteers are back, bro. You don't hear me say this. Listen, I, you don't hear me say this. Okay, Loso. I'm, I'm, okay, pessimistic. Loso. <laughs> I'm pessimistic. Listen, the last six wins in a row to finish the season, the last game we lost, we should have beat Alabama. Tua, Tua-less Alabama, all right? But, you know, our quarterback decided to freaking change the play on the one-yard line and go for a – try to be Leroy Jenkins, the hero. But <laughs> top five recruiting right now, this dude, 
I like Jeremy Pruitt, man. I like him. I think he develops talent. I'm not sold on his in-game coaching yet. Like, in the game, I'm not sold completely on him as an in-game coach. But I think he's developing talent. And I think here in about three years, when we're talking about – we're going to say, hey, Tennessee had four offensive linemen drafted. You're going to have eight, nine, ten of these guys again like we're used to. We're not sitting here talking about we had a second round and we had Juwan Jennings. That's all we had from, you know, what Butch Jones put together in his, you know – and see and and so from a Michigan perspective you look at I want to say it was like there was some stat or some weird thing that someone put out like the last four or five years uh the amount of people drafted and Michigan's like fifth Mm -hmm. and so people are like okay Harbaugh yeah what's the deal what are you doing (laughs) you put you know so is he he's getting him to the league but what are you doing in the game And that's the knock on Georgia. You know, Georgia's like yeah. always finds a way to lose the game that they shouldn't lose. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, Kirby Smart. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, all of these Georgia Bulldog guys are going to the pro. All American becoming great players. Yeah. You had Chubb. You just had Swift. You had uh, – who was the other kid? The, Sonny the, Michelle. the Patriots. Michelle. Then you got the receivers too. You got Miko uh, Hartman. You got – my goodness, Roquan Smith. You, the list is just continue to go on for like these players. So it's like – got Swift's no dead. Seen no that video? Was, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, you see the video of Swift's dad from Georgia, the running back? No, Jack. you he didn't is. see the <laughs> holy <laughs> cow! Go look yeah. him up on your phone real quick. Good <laughs> Lord. Yeah, but now what I was gonna say is, no school personified. How did they not win a championship more than LSU though? Like LSU, twelve, right? That that was putting out was putting out. I mean, not just this 14, year, right? I was this year they won the championship, but in previous years. You know, you're looking at Odell Beckham. You're looking at uh, Jarvis Landry, um, Leo Collins on the offensive line. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I think Quan, I think Quan Alexander went to, to LSU. So you're looking at all this talent all across the board for LSU, excelling in the NFL, and you're going, how did they not win the title? And you're right, right? The quarterback, right? They finally got a system in place, got yep. the right quarterback, and they ended up winning the title. So. Y'all let us know what y'all think about the NFL draft, favorite picks, favorite teams, who screwed up, um, kind of project what you see happening down the line. Hit us up, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, search at Brains and Bars, all one word. You can let us know what you think. All right, real quick. So one of the reasons why, so, you know, we talked about having this podcast and I said, okay, we're going to talk NFL draft, we're going to talk Last Dance, episodes three and four, centering around Dennis Rodman and the Bad Boy Pistons and their effect on the Chicago Bulls. And I, and I was thinking like, okay, uh, who can I have on the show? Who can I have on the show? You root for Detroit, Detroit through and through, you know, from the area, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and at first I went, uh, for a split second I went, Stephen Patton. Stephen Patton on Twitter. He's, he's from Detroit. He's a Detroit fan. And I said, man, you tripping. You got to get the homie Jesse on the show to talk about the Detroit Pistons. And so th- this is part of the reason why he's here, other than being one of the homies and friends of the show. Um, so Last Dance, episodes three and four. Episode three uh, focuses on Dennis Rodman, who is one of the more fascinating individuals I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, his, the, the Vegas story is one of the craziest stories in, in sports that I've heard. Um <laughs> Obviously, today you could not get away with something like that because you would have cameras, camera phones out everywhere. Yo, Robin in the casino. Um, that reminds me of my own um, <laughs> Vegas story of seeing Corey Brewer. Yeah. In the casino. So, you know, um, you know, you would have phones out 
everywhere filming this guy talking about his kamikaze time. It's time to blow your mind. You know? So, you know, that was an interesting episode. And then four dealt with the Pistons and the, the Jordan rules and how they, you know, had a blueprint on how to stop Jordan, which was basically beat him up. Uh, the rules allowed that physical play. And they use it to their advantage, which I can't be mad at. Um, so, Jesse, I just want to – I want to start by giving you the floor to say – to let you just talk about that time, talk about those Detroit Pistons, what they meant to you, what they meant to the city. So, yeah, for, so as a kid, man, oh, man, it was unbelievable. Like, you know, in a time when – you know, at that time it was Magic Bird, uh, you know, Dr. J, um, and, and that was the league, you know, and then to have Detroit come in and completely switch everything up, you know, and just to be so defensive and, and so uh, physical. I mean, you know, if you talk about looking at, I was, I was telling you the other day or yesterday, <clears throat> if you ask Lane Beer today, they interviewed him, I think on Monday about that. And he said, oh yeah, the Bulls are a bunch of whiners. And they were like, and the, so the lady said, would you, would you change anything? Would you, would you apologize now or do something different? He was like, absolutely not. Those are a bunch of crybabies. You know, I'm, I, I don't care what you think about me. They're a bunch of whiners and crybabies. Keep it and the same me, energy. Same energy. Yeah, same 100%. He couldn't give a rip. And, and, but that's why I love that dude. You know, and that's Detroit. So that, that, that bad boys team is Detroit through and through. I mean, it's the, the heart and soul of Detroit, you know. And, you know, people want to say, well, they played physical this, this, and that. They played good basketball, too. You know, which what people don't understand is they played really good basketball. Um, and, and to have a guy like Isaiah Thomas come in, you know, who to me is probably one of – you know, he was, a, he was a star in my eyes. He's my favorite player of all time. But he was, he's still so underrated in my book, you know, because he took uh, steps back in order for them to win. He was willing to say, I don't need to average 27, you know, 30 points a game. I want to win. And so, you know, I, I think me and uh, uh, me and Carlos talked about that yesterday with like Stockton, him and Stockton. I said to me, it's not even a comparison. Like, I don't care. Your numbers mean nothing to me. You know, what did you do to, to, to lead your team to victories and to, to get those championships? Which, by the way, should have been back to back to back had they not called that lame foul on lame beer against Kareem. You know, so in a time when that league was to me is the golden era, you know, Isaiah ran through the Lakers, the Celtics, the Bulls. And they, and they didn't just beat the Bulls. They owned the Bulls. They owned the Bulls. There's a reason why Isaiah is still in Jordan's big head, because he could never get the best of them. You know, I think Isaiah was like – I think the record was like 36 and 20-something against Jordan in his career. Mm. And, you know, so for guys like Jordan, that sticks with them because he knows that that's, the, that's one of those – Take that. <laughs> Let me see. It's these notifications popping up on his phone. <laughs> Hilarious. Again. Hey. There we go. We uh, yeah, I don't We're know back. why I keep doing that. I got kids on right. my Wi-Fi. Uh, there, yeah, there Michael Jordan got bread. Michael Jordan got bread. He, he heard you bad talking. To right. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You know, yeah. So, was like, no, cut, him. cut the beat. Right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you, when you talk to Detroit fans, like, we are not – Jordan fans at all like I hated Jordan like I hated LeBron I hate LeBron because he's in the same conference you know mm -hmm. he's in the same division the central division so I didn't grow up liking Jordan I hated Jordan just because and so every time they would put him on the ground bravo bravo you know and but 
from that same token, when I go back and watch like the Bad Boys special, when Jordan said, you know, they kept beating me up. So what I do, I went back and worked harder. I worked out, started working out. I had to do this, this, and the other. But more importantly, his mentality, his, his, his mentality is just different. Me and Carlos talked about this yesterday. People want to talk about Jordan's mentality, but that same mentality was in Magic was in Bird, was in Isaiah. There was multiple players in that era that had that mentality. And I think people forget about that because they want to say Jordan, Jordan. But those same dudes, you go ask a lot of their teammates hated them just as much as the teammates didn't like Jordan because they knew that there was an expectation of winning. Like, you're not going to come here and jack around and do what you want to do. Hence, uh, Bill Lambeer talking to Mark Aguirre um, when they did that trade for Mark Aguirre to Adrian Dantley. You know, Aguirre was averaging like 25, 26 a game, but Lambert made it up front with him and said, you're not going to come here and act a fool. You know, we're about winning here, so you're going to do all that dumb stuff, you can go somewhere else. And so that mentality as a Piston, oh, I mean, there, there's not much like it. You know, that 0-4 team that won the championship um, against the Lakers, same thing. I mean, they're just tough-minded. They're just a bunch of, uh, lack of a better term, rejects. You know, kids, people that people didn't want. You know, Rodman yeah. came in. He was a late draft pick. No one really knew what they had in him. He wasn't crazy back then either, though. You know, they had um, that, that Pistons team, the bad boys, they had that big <laughs> That's He wasn't crazy in Detroit. He, had, he hadn't found a way to express his craziness yeah, there yet. We go. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, because he had, he had, you know, he had Isaiah. He had right. uh, Bailey and those guys. But as soon as that went down, holy cow, he went nuts. Um, but in Detroit, he was, you know, he'll always be, in my eyes, he'll always be a Piston. I don't care what he did with Chicago. You know, he'll always be a pistol. How many you know. rings does he have? I want to say five or six. So did he get one? He didn't get one with Detroit back in the – Yeah, he, he won back-to-back in Detroit. Yeah, he, he won back-to-back back back. with okay, Detroit. Okay, he got back-to-back. Yeah, back. Back back. So he's got at least five. And then he yeah, won I think it's five. I think three it's five. with Chicago, right? Yeah, I think it's five. And, you know, what people don't talk about, like I said, was the brand of uh, basketball Detroit played. I mean, they played well. I mean, they played really well. They had a deep – a really deep bench – um, you know, you could say what nine, ten deep. And, so let me ask and, you something. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of we can't guard him, so foul him. Is that like in your head? Is it like um, you got to do what you got to do to win the game, or is it like no? Somebody find a way out to guard him. You know, like do you subscribe to that? Because my thing is like, uh, yeah, you play good basketball or whatever. But whenever you get down to like, look, we can't, we can't, you know, we can't. We can't guard this dude. Nobody can be up with, you know, we, we just can't do it. So like now just beat the hell out of him. Like, is that almost saying like we give up, we're just going to do win at all costs. I think you, and see, and mind you, this is that era. So in that era, you, you did that, but they, I I don't think they did it. I mean, you know, he's going to score. He was going to score, but he was taking a lot of shots too. I mean, he was going to get his points regardless whether people liked it or not. They did a pretty good job. <laughs> he on was him. going like seventeen for thirty-eight from the field. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, so they're like, "Well, he scored 40. I'm like, "Well, he took fifty-three shots. I mean, he should have scored forty. You know, so from from Detroit, they threw Rodman at him. They threw Dumars at him, which I think, uh, you know, Jordan said that Rob or uh, Dumars was probably the, one of the toughest people he ever played. That you never hear about Dumars in any of these specials, and it was because Dumars could play offense and defense. Mm-hmm. You know, and. So they threw a lot of defense at him, but I don't, you know, a lot of it was too just funneling to the middle. So let's move everyone, get him to come down the middle. And when he comes down that middle, no free lunches, yeah. you know, and, and that's what's missing now. So when people tell me, well, LeBron did this, and I'm like, yeah, but there's something to say. Like, if you go out and play, all of us have played basketball on this, this call right here, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm coming down the lane and some dude 
hits me in the head and puts me on the ground, you know, which dudes are, are strong enough mentally to say, I know what's coming and I'm still going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just can't do that nowadays. You can barely touch anyone nowadays for one, you know, but to have that mentality where that's why so many people like Kobe, Kobe was that guy that was the crossover in between the eighties, you know, the 80 era. And then now, and people love him to death, but it's because he's the same thing that we grew that I grew up with. I forget y'all a little younger than me, but I grew up with that. So we had a lot of dudes do that. And, you know, is it cheating? No, I don't think it was cheating. It was well within the rules. So do you do that? So to answer your question, do you do that because you want to win? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're trying to win the game. And if, if, if it means me putting you on the ground to get you so pissed off or so, so you know, the, the, the body pains that come along with it, ask Scottie Pippen game seven against Robin. Oh, that, that's right. You can't because he didn't play in it. You know, that's, that's uh, you know, what you're dealing with. That yeah. mental stuff. He had a migraine, but everyone knew that he was so out of it because he, Detroit was killing that dude. You know, no one, you asked Lane Beer, I think they interviewed him. He said, we weren't worried about not one person on the team but Jordan. We knew that if we, we didn't really care, we were just going to beat him down. No one else was going to do nothing to us. That's, that's, how, that's how it should be. Scotty Pippen yeah. doesn't rub anyway. no but i so i'll say this to kind of echo what uh what jesse is saying is like they play within the rules right like they play within the rules and did Mm -hmm. what they had to do and it's similar to how flopping became a thing because they knew they could get rewarded for it so if i could pick up a cheap foul then yeah i might jerk my head back to (laughs) contact or act as if i've been touched because I want to try to get to the into the penalty quicker or get this guy in foul trouble. All right. What about the what? So, what's the guy's name? Uh, Chaney, the coach. Chaney. The Temple. Oh, yeah, up. John Chaney. Yeah, John Chaney. He sends yeah. the guy off the bench to just get his five fouls. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when he when he you know, he plays within the rules. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like send the guy mm-hmm. off the bench. The guy's just gonna beat the hell out of you five times and foul out or whatever. You know what I mean? Like absolutely. But is there not something to say about like the intent? I mean, it's, it's like hey, hackers. It's like hackers. Because hey. I, I do subscribe to the like you come in here and like you know think you're gonna dunk on me, you're gonna get fouled. I subscribe mm-hmm. to that, but I don't subscribe to the mindset of that's what we're doing every time. You you know what I mean? Like I don't I don't subscribe to like the coaching of that mindset. I subscribe to like oh yeah, bet you don't come in here again. Watch this. When I box hey. out and undercut you and you land on your neck, like you're going to think twice about it next time. But, you know? but, but, but so let's, let's expound upon that then real quick, Edward, because in order to get that mentality, you have to back it up. Like if I do it one time to you, the next time you might be like, oh, he wouldn't do that again because I'll yeah. crack his head open. But you keep doing it and you keep mm-hmm. doing it. Now, mind you, people remember the bad boys for this. A lot of teams did it. The Celtics were super dirty back then. I mean, super dirty. They did the same stuff. And so you would see all these fights, literal fights, by the way. I, t- I had to show Jackson this. I said, you, your, your era is about talking about fighting and, and pushing and stuff. My era was about landing haymakers on faces in the middle of the game and then going back <laughs> in the game because you just got a technical foul, but you were still in the game, you know. And, um, but to, to, to go with your question there, in order to get that mentality, you actually have to do the things to get you that mentality. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you come down that lane in Detroit, you knew that you were going to get the business. And they did not give a crap whether you liked it or not. So, that's why I'm saying from the toughness standpoint of Jordan, I respected it because he knew. He knew coming down that lane, it was going to be tough. And he knew he was going to be on that ground, coming off the ground many, many times. 
but it made him better. So, I, you know, all these Bulls fans, and I'm sure we're going to hear about it here, there, and the other, we made your star. You're welcome. Hey, <laughs> you heard it there first. Michael Jordan's success is directly connected <laughs> to the Detroit Pistons. Hot take it. number two on it's a black and white thing. Listen, I'll say this. I don't think that – first of all, the, that level of play was allowed, but it is not safe. Like, some of the stuff they were doing, if you did that on the playground, like, be ready to square. Be ready to square. You're right. right. Somebody might go to the trunk for some of the stuff that they pull. And so – Oh, man. Did I ever tell you guys that story about the guy – the time that guy went to the trunk on me at the playground? No. I was out playing off Cleveland. Like, it's over off, like, 39th in Cleveland or something like that in the Missouri, right? And there's this yeah. outdoor court or whatever. And I'm over there, and, you know, I'm I'm probably, like, like two years into college or whatever, and I'm doing the A-Ward thing, you know? I'm, I'm over here shimmy-shaking and everything, right? Now, mind you, I'm the only Caucasian on the court and within, you know, a, probably a good distance or whatever. So, I'm playing. Everything's cool. You know, we're hoping, whatever. You know, mind you guys, too, I'm not A-Ward. You know, I'm obviously not A-Ward. I'm just, you know, this skinny white dude with handles. So I cross up, right, and I, my guy, he, uh, one of my guys on my team, he does, like, this backdoor screen or whatever, and I try to, like, throw the ball, right? I try to, like, throw the ball real quick, just boom, to get him cutting, right? And it flies through and just, bow, hits this oh. dude in the mouth, and his whole grill comes out. Like, his whole, like, he had, like, a gold grill, and he just starts bleeding, right, from the thing, right? When I tell you, bro, <laughs> this dude walked straight to his trunk that was parked on the, on the streets, right? And I didn't know what was going on. I was like in like, I was shaking in my boots, right? He's like, Phew! you know, he's like, and he walks straight to his truck and pops it or whatever. And then he just gets this towel out the trunk and starts wiping the blood off his mouth. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hallelujah. And I'm over there like, bro, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wow. wow. Yeah. So, anyways, anyways, the rabbit trail, pop the trunk story, a ward edition. Continue, though. So speaking of classless, right? So let's talk about game four. Was it 1991? 90. Yeah, 1991, yeah. Yeah, 1991 season. Bulls sweep the Pistons. They get, after being taken out, what, the previous two years, or three years, right? It was three, three years. Three years yeah. Previous three years by the Pistons. They finally get over the hump. They went, beat them, go to the NBA Finals. Uh, the story goes, Lambeer whispers to Isaiah, hey, let's get out of here. We're not shaking hands. They walk off the court before the game ends. They don't shake hands. It becomes a defining narrative of the bad boy Pistons and calling them classless. And I, I'm going to start because I got a story now. I got a story. What they did was poor sportsmanship. Um, it was it was classless. Um, you know, I don't deny that, but I don't blame them. Good for you. You you should have walked off. I don't like you. Why am I going to shake your hand and congratulate you when I don't like you? Thank I don't you. rock with you. First of all, bump the click and the crew you claim. Yeah. I don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're we're not cool at all. So back in the day when me and Awar used to play in uh, church league and little, little church league, whatever. You know, hold on, you can't be talking about being classless in a church league. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> so we played together on teams for years. Yeah. Um, and then, but the, the league got big enough to where we got split up. I was a captain, he was a captain. Oh. Right. Me and his, our teams collide. We play a really good game. It goes double overtime. Each side having a chance to win the game 
uh, once in regulation and once in the first overtime. His team comes through victorious. But that was a crazy game. There was some terrible calls in that game, but yeah, it was a crazy. So after the game, A was like, yo, let's pray before we go. Mm -hmm. You think I wanted to pray with that man? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. No, I don't want to pray with you right now, bro. I like it when stories make me look good. Come on. I just (laughs) lost. I'm heated. I want to fight. I want to pray. It's not like he like circle up. I'm like, man, circle up for what? Like I'm sitting, I'm like, man, I hope this prayer hit the ceiling and bounce right back down to the floor. Like I was heated. So I completely understand. And I like yeah. the guy. No. You know what I'm saying? So I even even from a battle rap standpoint, you know, like there's times where you see me Ooh. in battles, Colossus, right? <laughs> where after I was done smoking his boots, that was it. You wasn't gonna get me on camera shaking his hand. That's what you get. That's how I'm leaving everybody that watched this to know that I don't rock with you. <laughs> so, so where did where did this where did this stuff start coming out? It wasn't from that era because no one gave a crap back in that era. <laughs> like if I don't shake your hand, who gives a crap? You beat me, great. Go on about your business. Oh, you I mean, we're we're in participation trophy era. I mean, yeah, everybody, that's, that's right? The buzzer sounds, everybody goes and gets in line and that, you know. Yeah, like, no, but I do think I do think that D, I do think that particular team, you gotta think they're going against Jordan, who's the golden boy. And if you watch, you know, mm-hmm. John Sally talk about, hey, the Bulls were they were anointed, right? They were supposed to be next because they had Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Bird, magic, and now it's Jordan's time, and we got in the way of that. Yeah. Right. And so with them embracing this mentality, with them having the Jordan rules, right, like they are openly saying, we're trying to hurt you. So what? What are you Mm going to do about it? I Mm -hmm. think you combine all of that. And I think an underrated part of this is Isaiah's bird. If bird was a black man, he would just be another player. That was the Rodman thing. Right, right. Right, Robin Robin was the one. Robin was the one who said it, but Isaiah Mm -hmm. co-signs it in a in a way, right? Like kind of co-signs it. Mm -hmm. So I think when you put all of that in the pot, then add in them walking off the court and not shaking hands, even though the Celtics. So I watched that video because Isaiah said the Celtics did it. I went back and watched game. I forget was it game six when they finally eliminate the Celtics. Yeah, six. So I think there's a little bit of truth on both sides. Yes, a lot of the Celtics did walk off the floor without shaking hands. I think Bird is one of them. But you see a few of them. So there's a foul. There's a foul with like three seconds left. So there's one more foul. And you see, like, I think Dennis Johnson is walking over towards their bench. Obviously, Kevin McHale. I think Isaiah stops McHale to have a quick conversation with him. Yeah, him and McHale walked off talking, yeah. One or two Celtics went to the bench. The rest of them, because – they realize, hey, this is about to be pandemonium. We want to get off the floor. We don't mm-hmm. want to get caught into this. Although, kind of bad teammates lead the other five guys on the floor, by the way. Hey, well, and, and so what, what people don't understand is the main people, the main people we're talking about here is Isaiah and Lambeer. Because Dumars, I believe, stayed around, shook some hands. Sally, I think, uh, you know, shook some hands. I think Sally's really, really close with Jordan from, like, when they were in college maybe, maybe before college. Okay. So it wasn't like the all 12 or 15 of them guys just walked off. So it's, it, was, it was a lot in the same way as the Celtics did it. Um, but the main people, because the main people on that team were, you know, the, the, the personalities on that team were um, Thomas and Lambeer. 
And so they're naturally going to take the blame for it. And so people, you know, were hitting me up all week. Well, he got what he deserved. Great. He was a two-time world champion. I mean, what are you talking about? Like, he went out of here with nothing. I mean, you know, he, he, he won. And he knew. And, and with that mentality, you know, you, you, at, uh, to go back to what Award said, win at all costs. And it cost him. And it cost him. But he will forever be remembered as a back-to-back champion in an era when he beat everyone. You know? Yeah, and I feel like, I, and I think the documentary this weekend is going to get into this. I feel like that Dream Team snub was a joke. That left off the Dream Team, I think, is really what hurts his legacy, right? Because I think if he, Isaiah is underrated. And I got one, when we get ready to close the show, I got one statement that I know Jesse's going to go probably pop his top when I, when I bring it up. But I think that, I think that if he is on that Dream Team, and he's able to have that accomplishment with all those other great players. I think we look at Isaiah a lot differently than we did with him not having that accomplishment. So did you see, granted, this was like the greatest week for the Pistons back in the day. I mean, you know, they were, everything was Detroit this week. But um, when they asked, they asked uh, Isaiah, they said, so were you surprised by what Jordan and Horace Grant said? He was like, yeah, I'm absolutely surprised because they never said that to my face. And I've been around them a million times. He was like, they've never said any of that to my face. But he was like, it's easy to sit there and behind the camera and say all that mess. So I'm like, eh, you know, it is what it is. And, and like I said, I think people make it, uh, are making it a bigger thing than what it, the handshake thing. Like back then, who gives a crap? You won. You went on to your, your dynasty. I mean, you know, you guys were great. We were great. You were great. Great. I don't really give a crap, you know. Now, if I'm doing Jackson's little team, of course we're shaking hands because it's different. But when you're grown men and you're battling like that, do what you got to do, man. Go ahead, Edward. Sorry. Uh, back then, what what would you say the competition, like the parity was was it was it's much much better today than it was back then. I mean, because it seems like it was just Celtics, Lakers, Pistons, um, you know, Bulls, or kind of. But I mean, you don't really hear about you know, too many other teams. There or... were – the Cavaliers were pretty good. Um, you know, you obviously see that when Jordan put them out. I think he put them out a couple times, to be honest with you. But they were a pretty good team. They had Brad Doherty, uh, Mark Price, who no one talks about Mark Price, and he was a pretty good player. Uh, Elo, Hot Rod Wood. <laughs> Yo, uh, who was it that said uh, – that he was said I, he was going to D up Jordan on that last play? He's like, Ron Coach Harper. told me uh, – Oh, Ron Harper? Yeah, he said, he said hey. Coach told me I'm putting Elo on him. He said, ain't this <laughs> hey, Ron Harper before the knee injury was nice, though. He was nice. He was nice. He was nice. Oh, man. Like, if he was around today and you had the technology to repair knee injuries yeah. like you did now, like, he still would have been a – he would have been a really good player. Yeah. He, yeah, he's an afterthought on the Bulls teams. You know, he's a guy that, oh, he was there. But when you remember him before that, yeah, he was, he yeah. was really, really good. I he mean, He had Jordan the business. Yeah, he was. He was about what six five, six six. I think. like six seven. Is Steve oh, Kerr is Steve Kerr considered better because of his uh, his his now being in the light as a coach? I mean, was he a, was he a very good basketball player? Or was he just kind of he was a, he was a shooter? I mean, yeah, he was just shooter. yeah. He, that's all he was. He was he was he, was he, was he was he um uh you know who he was? They the had they name? had a guy like what's that. What's the kid's all name the for the Cavs? They hit the three every game. You talking about Ron Price? No, no, no. no. These, days, these days. These days. The white dude to play for the Cavs that he came over with LeBron. When LeBron. Oh, uh, Mike Miller. 
Was it Mike? No, was it Mike Miller? No, Mike Miller was in Miami. Yeah, yeah but he came to the Cavs too. About, uh, the shooter. The, the, oh my gosh! All right, I'm gonna think of it later. Anyway, keep going. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he was. I mean, he was. They had like B.J. Armstrong. They they always had a shooter or two on that team. So he was. There was nothing special about him other than he could shoot. You're not talking about Della Dova, are you? No, 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 absolutely. Not. Yeah, I was gonna say, but he ain't a shooter in my eyes. That's why I was like, I couldn't think it would be Della Dova. Yeah. Um, you know, Harris, had, are you? No, no, no. Keep going, keep going. I'll find it. All right, all right. My um, you know, you had the Milwaukee Bucks. You had the Sixers. So you had other teams. Just, just you had the Lakers and Celtics. Let's just be honest. They dominated that whole seven, I mean, eight years. Magic <laughs> made the made the finals eight years in the yeah, eight. Bird. And Bird was something like seven. Seven, yeah. Now, so here, here's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you a quick Larry Bird story. So my son, I've been telling him, I said, go look at Larry Bird's numbers compared to Le- LeBron James's numbers. I said, go do that. Go look at career numbers and, and you'll be surprised. And then you throw that Larry Bird mentality on there. Um, and, and he was like, so I showed him. There we go again. Now I'm talking about the dude with the fan from Creighton. Corver. Corver. Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver. That's what I'm talking about. Man, right, I'm going to give y'all some old garbage. Yeah, I saw you do the timeout. Um, <laughs> no, so I was right, telling so you. Tell your son to watch Bird. Got the same stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got I got Bird. You know, I showed him this little YouTube clip of, uh, of, of Bird and all these other NBA players talking about him. And he goes, Dad, I didn't know he was like that. I said, I'm trying to tell you, bro. I said, there's a lot of people that would easily take Bird over Magic. As a player, when, when they were both in their primes, people would, if they were being truthful to themselves, would take him because he could do it all, you know, and he was just like, I, he was stunned that Larry Bird was that good. And I said, yeah, I hated Larry Bird because the Celtics, the Celtics were to us what we were to the Bulls. They beat us for like three, four years in a row and they just hammered us. And Larry Bird with that stupid steal with six seconds left against Isaiah just killed my childhood, you know, but there, I mean, there were other teams they wore, but yeah. I mean, that you're talking about historically great teams, so it was hard to beat. The reason like, I thought a- about it was because I saw Skip Bayless's top ten players of all time today uh, that he listed his top ten players play? of all time. And um, <clears throat> when I looked at it, I thought, okay, you know, you got Tim Duncan, and you have um, Michael Jordan. They were the only two of the top ten that had not played for the Celtics or the Lakers, I believe. Really. So like when I mean, I'm looking at LeBron's it, LeBron's not making his list no matter what. Yeah. Well, no, LeBron made. LeBron was his oh. ninth best. Now, LeBron made his top ten. So you know he he had Jordan, and then he had um, I think it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Then it was Bird, and then it was like Shaq, and he had um, I think Bill Russell was in there, um, Tim Duncan, um, Kobe Bryant was like seventh. I think LeBron might have been ninth or something like that. But, yeah, but, I mean, my, when I was looking at the picture of it, I was just looking at the players, and I was thinking, man, you know, like eight of these guys have played for the Lakers or the Celtics, you know, and then you got, you know, Jordan and you got Tim Duncan. I was like, that's crazy to me that, you know, like, I mean, if you go way back to Dr. Mm-hmm. J playing with, you know, uh, 76ers or, you know, um, different players like that, you can find some. But it just really wasn't that many – goats that played outside of Celtics Lakers or you know even the Pistons teams you know they were there they were there but they were by themselves they didn't have four other yeah. dudes you know that were able to you know when you got Mikhail that's another underrated dude in my book is Kevin Mikhail 
you know, you put Mikhail, Robert Parrish, Dennis Johnson, Danny Ainge, Larry Bird, and then the, I'm sure they had cats coming off the bench. That's a lot. I mean, you, you talk about the Lakers with Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, and those are your afterthoughts. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's easy to do. It's kind of like the quarterback thing. It's easy to do when you're playing on a team where you guys you, can, you got guys you can throw to. You know, when yeah. you got James Worthy and Kareem on your team, it'll make players look pretty good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we're about to get out of here. So I'm about, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to come, Jesse, you cannot answer. You you answer last. I'm on mute. So, <laughs> so we have this discussion regarding Isaiah. You talk about greatest point guards of all time. And um, I do think that Isaiah does get left out of those conversations or slighted. So I'm going to ask you, Award. better point guard. We regard we talk about all time. I'm not going John Stockton because that that's it. The answer is Isaiah. I already know where you're going. Go ahead, Steph Curry. So you're taking Steph Curry over over Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking. Uh, I, I'm a. I need to see the end of Steph's career, but I'm as of now I'm taking Isaiah. You're taking Isaiah. I'm taking Isaiah. Hmm. All right, Jesse. You I thought it. you were going to go Chris Paul which I was going to laugh you off the thing, but. No, I still think it's Steph. I mean, I still think it's uh, 40 and slip. I still think it's uh, Isaiah. Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, okay. Yeah, my, I don't know what's up on my internet right now, but um, I mean, naturally I'm going to take Isaiah, but Steph is Steph. I mean, he's incredible. Incredible. He, he, it's just a different thing. But, uh, you know, I, I listened to um, uh, this other podcast who I will not mention. But I did talk to you about Carlos, and they had interviewed Isaiah, and uh, they said, so, Isaiah, what, you know, would you have been allowed back in those days to do all that fancy dribbling and stuff? He was like, they would have beat the crap out of me. He was like, veterans would have beat yeah. the crap out of you. They told you flat out, don't try to do that to me. Yeah. You know, so there's that difference of that. So he's like, he toned down a lot of it. So he still does, you know, does stuff like that. But, I mean – Isaiah is always going to be my guy, so I'm not. I'm never going to pick against him ever. Ever going to pick against him. I think Isaiah is a top seven point guard of all time. <laughs> I think that's Who's fair. Ahead of him, top seven. You must be crazy. Go ahead. No, Who's ahead of him? I'm dead serious. I think that's fair. Who? I think Oscar Robertson. Okay. Steph Curry. Okay. Um. Now you're gonna you're gonna probably think I'm tripping, but I think Jason Kidd. I think Jason Kidd. It, yes. Okay. Is a better is and and for what he did for the game and like how he changed the point guard position. Um, how did he change but, the point guard position? From a triple double standpoint and from doing everything and the game manager and just like the he basically is like what you said Kobe was like from that old era to the new era like like kid like yeah. Um, I mean, technically that was Oscar Robertson. Thank you. I was going to say your first guy you mentioned did that. Magic. Okay. Okay, well, I'm mean, I'm just giving you four guys that were that, I mean, other than Kid, you know what I mean. So, uh, I didn't I didn't, I didn't I I didn't mention Jerry West. I don't I mean I didn't watch these guys, but I think that people could make crazy arguments for your Oscar Robertson's your Jerry West, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Russell, Russell Westbrook, bro, like oh! Russell. <laughs> that's a you can't not put Russell Westbrook in the top ten point guards of all time. Hey, listen, or Steve Nash. Steve Nash, okay. Steve Nash, are you high? So here's listen, the thing. here's the thing. 
I'm just saying that when it gets past those first three of Magic, like Steph Curry and probably Oscar Robertson, that next four or five, there's not much separation. At worst, at worst, at absolute worst, Isaiah's top three. At absolute worst, he is top three. You think that he's clearly better than Magic, Curry, or Oscar Robertson? Uh, I think I think if you're gonna go uh, in my rankings, you're gonna go Magic and then Isaiah. Magic and Isaiah. And Even then, Jackson knows. Even you Jackson killed, knows. You killed yourself on this whole conversation when you put in Russell Westbrook and Steve Nash. No, first off, that's not. Those are top ten point guards of all time. Absolutely, they're just not top three point guards of all time. I didn't say three. I said seven. Right. So whenever I'm saying if I throw oh, Russell was Westbrook no in order. Was no, no, there was no order. I was just saying that if I say I think Isaiah Thomas is a top seven point guard of all time, that doesn't mean he's seventh. That just means that I can see the argument of somebody having him seven or somebody having him three or four or yeah, five yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. So yeah. if you're looking at it, if we were to put stuff like that, I think that he falls into the second. I, won't say, I don't want to say second tier is disrespectful because like, I would say to me – uh, Magic, Curry, and Robertson probably are clearly like like people are not going to not put those guys in your top three 90% of the time. But then I think you fall to the next five guys, and it's like it's Isaiah, it's Kidd, it's Jerry West, it's um, people might put Chris Paul. I don't, I'm not a Chris Paul fan. I'm not a big Chris Paul fan. So, but people might. So, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think I'm being naive to say that. All I know is I know what I'm clipping and sending out as uh... – as a promo vid for Listen, this podcast. Listen, I just did an interview with Quest McCody last night, and, like, him and Marv, like, we could have had them on, too. I didn't think about it because they're diehard Pistons fans. You yeah. know what I mean? And so they would, they're they probably going to disown me for saying that, you know? <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, like, I just – uh man, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough thing. And I'm, I'm, looking, at, I'm looking at some other guys on here, too, you know. Um, yeah, there's just – you know, John Stockton didn't miss, didn't mention John Stockton. You'll probably have him behind Isaiah, but he, I think he's definitely a top ten point guard of all time too. Um, uh oh, we lost Jesse. Yeah, the blasphemy, like just you know, it got him all the way up out of there. <laughs> oh no, I'm back. I'm back. I ain't gonna let you leave on on that. <laughs> all right. Oh, so, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Like I'm still trying to wrap my that's I'm still trying to wrap my brain around what you the craziness that you just said. You know, I, I'm gonna give you a flyer though. You did win your you did win Battler of the Year. You on a different level right now. You know, I, I can't the, argue. With you. What's I, the I, term? I, what's the term? A one when you're like um when you're like okay they might not be in the first class but they're on the plane. You know what I mean? Like or what what how, what is it? You know what I'm saying? Like like I understand Isaiah do me, Thomas do is a staple of a top. 10 point guard there's nobody nobody if anybody that's not smart nobody that knows anything about basketball is ever going to make a top 10 list with I, without isaiah thomas it just doesn't there's make no one that's gonna make a top five list without isaiah on it no well, there are i mean you could google it no. and there, i mean there no. are yeah no. like, like you can no. like it's a no. you no. but interchangeably that four through seven is preference it's preference it's kind it of is. preference I, so I think Jesse, to be to this point, I think you have to be fair. It is preference when you start oh, yeah. talking about that four through seven is preference. You are going to have Isaiah top three. Um, off the top of my head, I'm probably going to have Isaiah top three uh, without really. I mean, that's like saying Peyton Manning's a, a four through seven quarterback. 
I mean, but see, like, I would look at it and say, you know what? If you like Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and who else? There's Elway Marino. Elway Marino. Hey, listen. No, you really could, though. I mean, you That's really what could. I, I know it is, really. Like, you know, like, I would say the same thing. Like, I would, I would, I would respond perfect. like you, you know? I would respond it's like perfect. you. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I would Absolute say, perfect. you know, you're tripping. He's clearly in my top three. Nobody can tell me otherwise. Yeah. He's I in understand. my top three, too. So that's just yeah. how crazy you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Peyton Manning would be in my top three. Well, you also watch Peyton Manning play. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's, it's, I, I'll leave you with this, Award. Go look at Isaiah Thomas's numbers before he actually started caring about um, being a teammate, like yeah. a great teammate. I mean, his numbers are insane. So, I mean, A1, A1, no. you're taking Magic, Curry, and then Thomas, right? You're taking Thomas over like Oscar Robertson. So, when I talk about Oscar, I'm thinking about I'm I'm relying on people reporting on Oscar. Okay, I never watched him play. Okay, same, same. But, I never did either. Mm-hmm. But I think trying and trying to put the proper respect on his name, I probably would go Bird Robertson. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Bird. He's not a point. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm thinking Celtics Pistons. Magic. Ma- Magic. Um, Robertson. <laughs> Um, Isaiah. I thought you just took Curry over Isaiah. No, Literally I'm taking, like to, no, I'm you did. Isaiah, I'm taking Isaiah over Curry. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm taking Isaiah. Then I might go Curry, Jerry West. Right? Like, I just off the top of my head. Like, not even, not even like really sitting down and think of it. Off the top mm-hmm. of my head, I might go that way. Um, and I also, I might put West over Curry. Like, I want to see Curry's career in. I want to see. Where Curry ends up in terms of all-time points, assists, although he, he'll never be a high-assist guy. Bro, <laughs> he literally has a 40-30-point playoff games, more than Duncan, Kawhi, Westbrook, Harden, but all I mean, of but, these. But he's a result of the era he plays in. True. So well, I do think the interesting thing about – so I'll listen to people talk about – Isaiah Thomas's rings can be a result of not no parity. But hold up, no. But here's the thing, though. He I'm beat not saying the they best are the best, though. He beat the best. Like that's the difference. And so does Curry. Yeah, but th- there's a difference between beating the best of the best in today, and you are literally beating the only two other teams who are winning titles in a decade. Like you're because there's only two teams that are I mean, winning titles. <laughs> so I mean, I think there's something to that, but you still got to beat them. Like you still got to beat them. Like you're still beating. In their prime, Celtics. You're still beating in their prime. Like Kareem right. was done, but you're still beating in their prime. Worthy, right? You're still beating Byron Scott but as a young kid. These Michael, guys didn't Michael have Thompson. These guys like, didn't have the Dirk Nowinski runs though, did they? Where where they had to where they where they had to win the championship by the first round taking out the Lakers, the second round taking out the Thunder. You know, like basically, you know what I mean? Like the Pistons might though. I mean, like they're still beating the like the. Michael Jordan and the Bulls were still formidable, even though they pretty much owned them until the end. Like, they were still formidable. Like, you're still beating really good Sixers teams. You're still Hawks. Beating, you had the Hawks, the Bucks. Dominique, yeah. You're, you're still beating really good teams. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, he just is right in them being underrated in the fact that they beat two of the greatest teams of all time in their primes. Like, you can never – like, you can – it's just like okay. LeBron and the, and the Warriors and the 70, beating that 73-win Warriors. So, you can never take that away from him. So, okay. are you saying that something just has to be said? Like, if you are the, the, the floor general and you beat 
the greatest franchise of all time. Something has to be said about that, right? Yes. Well, well yes, hold on. Eli hold Manning. On. Eli freaking Manning beat the Patriots and Tom Brady's undefeated team. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, Thank you. Now I, I, say, I just wanted to set him up real quick. I just wanted to I set say, him up. I say, you know, to go one step further on that, though, it wasn't that he was just the floor go- the general, which he disappeared. I know. I just um, used that just, just to try to right, parallel right, the quarterback. Right. <laughs> just, just, you know, wasn't that just Isaiah was the floor general? He was the face of the program. I mean, he was the guy. I mean, yeah. and he, he, he took all the good and the bad, you know, as you can see with, like, the Rodman comments and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, had <laughs> – <laughs> he's like everybody turn the wi-fi off on your phones right now i gotta finish this interview <laughs> all right jesse you good say something mike check no one, i think two, he, one, two. He, he, did he take a bite he took a bite <laughs> he took a bite. All right. No, so yeah. No, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. You it was already def- know, bro. You already know. It, it, was, I'm gonna leave with this. It's, it's been cool to watch these things just because of the uh, the you know the take me back down memory lane with not mm-hmm. just the Pistons but just the other things that happened during that time period. So it's been kind of cool to watch and then kind of rehash all these old things that I grew up with. So I appreciate you guys getting me on. Yeah, so I'm going to put a poll up, even though I think I know the outcome because, you know, young people um, are on Twitter. I am going to put up a poll. Who's the better point guard of all time? I I almost feel like I should do this in sections. If I should go Steph versus uh, Isaiah first and then go Nash versus Isaiah second. Because I'm curious to see what – what that might actually might be the one I do first. Um, yeah, Nash should be first, unless you're going to word it like, is Isaiah Thomas a better point guard than Curry? Uh, now, you wouldn't want to do two at the time because people might think one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I think I'll do Nash versus Isaiah, then we'll do Curry versus Isaiah. Yeah, what's recent on your brain, like you said, most people, you're, I think you're going to get Curry on a lot of it because, for one, younger people, yeah. and, then, yeah, and he's, more recent, he's more relevant now. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. All right. All right, cool. So y'all let us know what y'all think, man. Go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, search at Brains and Bars, all one word. Who, where do you rank Isaiah Thomas all-time greatest point guards? Um, do you agree with A-Ward that he's somewhere in the top seven? Do you agree with Jesse that he's top two? Um, don't forget, you can check out every episode of the podcast by going to soundcloud.com backslash Brains and Bars. Um, check us out, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere where podcasts are can be downloaded, you can check us out. Um, also, go to our YouTube page. We'll get this up on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and comment on the content there. I am A-Ward for everything A-Ward related. Um, yeah, man, for Jesse, for A-Ward, we appreciate y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us. Until next time, it's been a black. And white. And, and yellow. <laughs> yellow thing. So, well, I'll let y'all, man. Y'all hey. Low key, he might not be the best Pistons point guard ever. Chauncey Billups is nice, bro. I'm cutting this. I'm cutting this off, yo. Chauncey Billups is nice. You right. <laughs> <laughs>